Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast, where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight, because here we go. Howdy-ho, everybody. Welcome to this week's podcast. Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast, to be exact. How you doing? Welcome to November. I know last week was like technically welcome to November week, but when I recorded, it was not November, and now it is. And so I just had to get that out there because I'm excited. I love this month for obvious reasons. I have a feeling all of you guys do, too. And we're here. It's time it's November, and so, like I said, I know by the time this comes out, the first week of November will actually be over, but, you know, just work with me here, because <laughs> I love it, and I have got to enjoy it, but I have enjoyed this week. Man, it's been cold and wet, and it just, like, it feels like November. It feels like fall, you know, winter's coming on. Uh, man, this morning, like, I wore a sweatshirt, and that almost wasn't enough. Like, I probably could have taken a coat, and so, yeah, I'm just glad that this time of year is here. And I hope you guys are too. So we got a fun show today. Um, I finally have a big buck story of my own to talk about. Uh, I personally did not pull the trigger, but um, you know, a buddy of mine uh, killed a nice buck on our property that you know I kind of helped him with, and so I feel like it's partially partially mine. And so got a nice story to tell. And then uh, I'm just going to talk about kind of what I have going on the rest of the month of November. You know, my hunting plans, where I'm going, what I'll be doing, and just kind of want to walk you guys through that and uh, the strategies that I'm going to be implying with it. So. So yeah, that's what's going on today. Uh, Real quick before we get into all that, I do want to give a a quick little shout out to the page, Oklahoma Bowhunter. Hopefully you guys remember Craig we had on a few weeks ago. Uh, He runs the page. And man, like I just love following this page, and especially right now. Like If you're not following it, you need to go check it out. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. And uh, there's just so many... So many cool pictures. I mean, there's big bucks. There's, you know, first-time harvest. People bragging on their kids' first-time harvest. Uh, I've seen a couple bears on there. Uh, I've seen a couple antelope. I think I saw an elk or two. And so it's just an awesome page to be following. So, yeah, go check out Oklahoma Bowhunter. And that's pretty much going to do it for this week's intro. Since it's just me, I'm just going to kind of hop into things. So hope you all ready for a good story because I'm excited to tell you. And so here we go. Alright, so my good friend Randy, we've been hunting together since, probably since we were like 15, 16, and uh, we've just kind of always, you know, shared our places with each other. We've gone on out-of-state hunts with each other. We've just always kind of been hunting buddies, and uh, and he got a lease in West Texas. Uh, I think this will be his third or fourth year on it, and he's been nice enough to have me out, and uh, and I've always told him, you know, he's welcome to come up to Oklahoma uh, and hunt with me, but he just hasn't been able to the last couple of years. He owns his own company now, um, but we were talking this year, and he really wanted to get up, and uh, he he doesn't do a whole lot of bow hunting anymore. He does a lot more rifle hunting, and but anyway, I was telling him that, uh, you know, this property that I'm hunting now, my brother's property, um, that it's way better during 
muzzleloader season than it is during rifle season. The rut just seems to be a little bit earlier, and you know I get a lot more action around Halloween than I do around Thanksgiving. You know, the kind of the traditional rifle season. And so we were talking things out, and we decided that he'd come up. And uh, you guys, have, if y'all have ever listened to this podcast, you know that I'm kind of iffy on muzzle loaders. I uh, had some bad experiences last year. But uh, he said, hey, he's like, let's get some muzzle loaders. Let's get some nice ones. You know, I think that was part of my problem last year. And so uh, we did some research, and we ended up getting the new CVA Paramount uh, 40 caliber muzzle loaders. And so 40 cal, you know, a little bit smaller bullet. But it goes a whole lot faster. It's supposed to have more, you know, like rifle type um, speed and precision and everything. And so we bought a couple of these rifles. Uh, he got them in, uh, put some scopes on them, got them set up. I, you know, met him, got them, got them from him, and took them up and you know shot them, got them sighted in, and everything, kind of got them ready for uh, when he was going to come up. And just like getting these things sighted in, I already trusted them way more than my last muzzle loader. Um, you know, just. Using some precision, I had a you know a, a very precise measuring deal to measure off the powder. I wasn't guessing or just looking at a line on a tube. You know, I was kind of scraping it out, almost like you would if you were you know baking cookies. Like you take a scoop and then you you know wipe off the top smooth to make sure you get the right amount. So I was doing that, just being very precise in how I was loading it and everything. Uh, you know, the gun has a little bit heavier barrel, a nice trigger and everything, and they just shot awesome you know like it was it was just like sighting in a rifle you know you you move it a click or two and it was going to adjust a little bit and so so going into this hunt i already had way more confidence in the muzzle loaders than i did in previous years and so uh so i i took a vacation day on friday and so i went up thursday got off work a little early on thursday uh so i got to hunt thursday friday saturday sunday uh he had to work through friday he came up friday night and hunted saturday and sunday with me so I got up there Thursday evening, and uh, the wind was kind of howling. It was basically that storm was about to hit. And so I think I saw – I can't remember now. It's been so long uh, long ago. It was just a couple days ago. But uh, I, th- I don't think I saw anything on Thursday evening. I might have saw a doe or two. Uh, tried to wake up early because uh, I knew the wind was going to be bad on Friday. So I was like, you know, maybe just those for the first hour or so will be nice before the wind picks up. But I was wrong. I mean, like, at 7 o'clock when the sun came up Friday morning, the wind was already blowing like 18 miles an hour. And so I want to say I saw two do- two does, like, very briefly Friday morning. Um, and, I mean, the wind just howled the rest of the day. But it was kind of good. It you know, gave me a chance. I went around, checked a few cameras. Um, stayed out of kind of our hunting area, but checked some cameras kind of on the outside and I saw that, you know, the bucks were definitely starting to move. You know, most of it was at night, um, but the bucks were on the move. And so one kind of interesting thing about our property this year compared to last year's, nothing changed much on our property, but surround it, uh, surrounding it, you know, on the other properties, it changed quite a bit. So the property to the south which in the past has always held a lot of deer and, you know, kind of stole deer from us, I would say. Um, they, uh, a guy bought it last year and they've kind of been transitioning it more for a cattle place. And so there was some, there's always been some really good pastures a little further south, but the part that touched us was always kind of thick, nasty, forgotten, uh, you know, lots of good native grass and, and blackberry bushes and stuff like that. Well, they came in this summer, they brush hogged it, they sprayed it, they really cleaned it up, you know, for like more of a cattle pasture. 
which helped us a lot because I think a lot of those deer now kind of moved over back to our side. So that was one thing that was different. And then a property to kind of the southwest, you know, along the, our southwest border. Uh, it's really thick. It's a, That's really where a lot of the big deer have always been held on that property. And so, you know, I'm just, again, our property is mostly cattle pasture, so I'm kind of just crossing my fingers hoping that deer come out onto us. Um, but they did some aerial spraying on that year. Also, a different owner, but also kind of trying to reclaim it for cattle. And so they killed a lot of the underbrush with that aerial spraying. You know, it left the big trees, but a lot of the undergrowth was killed out. And so I think that also has kind of changed up the deer game and, you know, pushed some more deer onto us and one of the other neighbors. And so going into this weekend, like, I was just feeling pretty good. I was seeing more buck activity than normal, again, mostly at night, but they were there. And, you know, we had this storm, we had this cold front coming. So I felt pretty good going into the weekend. Um, Thursday was windy. Friday was really windy. Uh, Saturday was supposed to be kind of windy, but it was kind of on his way out. And so I realized Friday that, like, Saturday was probably going to be pretty good, um, but I thought Sunday was really going to be the good day. And so Saturday I go out, like I said, still pretty windy in the morning. Um, I was hunting the same spot. I was basically all the way to the south of our property. I was hunting over a three-acre food plot right on the rim of our kind of big draw canyon area where it's thick and nasty. And so, uh, you know, I, I felt like it was, you know, might be some chasing, some running activity, but I knew that it wasn't quite time to be aggressive, you know, like I was just trying to sit on the outside, let the deer come to me. Uh, and so that was my plan. Wasn't seeing a ton of deer. Um, but like I said, my buddy Randy and then also another, uh, buddy Kelly came up. And so Saturday morning, we all go out there. I dropped them off on this one stand that, uh, it's always been pretty good in the past, but it's, it's like smack dab in the middle of kind of my hunting area, you know, like the part that actually has some some draws and can hold some deer, uh, which is only about 200 acres of our whole property. And, uh, and well, not even that, like it's a 200 acre, acre section, but even within that 200 acres, there's big parts of pasture. So anyway, so this blind that I put them in is sitting right on top of a hill and it overlooks really two saddles. And the big draw canyon thing I'm always talking about is kind of to the southwest of it. And earlier this year, I went and sprayed out a little circle in one of those saddles where I always see deer crossing. And I planted a small food plot there. I mean, not even a half an acre. Just sprayed a little circle and then went and planted it. And my goal with this plot was not really necessarily to attract deer. Um, you know, the deer already like to cross in that spot. My goal is just to have some food there to make them stop, you know, so that they had a reason to, you know, pause for a second, you know, maybe give you a shot before they just continued on to the other side. Cause you know, you're talking about a maybe 60 yard gap here where they come out of the brush, they walk through the saddle and then they're back in the brush. So, so anyway, so I put, uh, Randy there and Kelly decided to sit with him that morning and, uh, you know, daylight comes up and I'm sitting there and. I had two does, I think, kind of walk out uh, to the south of me. You know, didn't really come in range, but I was like, oh, you know, saw a few deer. And uh, so I, I text, uh, text the two guys, and I was like, hey, you know, y'all seen anything? And they were like, man, we got deer everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, like two came from this way, and three came that from that way, and a little buck came this way. And I was like, oh, like are they just crossing through? And they're like, no, like they're all in the plot right now. And they sent me a picture. And sure enough, you can count seven or eight deer all in this tiny little food plot in this draw. Or I'm sorry, in this saddle. 
And so I was kind of shocked. I, like, I, I, a little bit of me, you know, I had a little bit of regret because I haven't been hunting there. Like, I just, I don't know. I just assumed that it was too small of a plot to really attract any deer. You know, that one's not even a half acre. I'm sitting over a three acre plot. Like, I just assumed that if the deer were going to go hang out somewhere, it would be there. But I don't, I don't know if it was just that much closer to the cover or, I, I, you know, it wasn't, it was that much unpressured. Like, uh, this was only the second time I'd hunted that stand this year. And so it's not like I've been putting a ton, of, a ton of pressure on it. And the wind was absolutely perfect. Like I couldn't have dreamed of a better wind for where I was hunting. But anyway, so they were seeing all these deer. And, uh, you know, we all kind of thought for sure that they were going to see a big buck that morning. But uh, we hunted till about 10. All the deer finally went away. And uh, so anyway, so I went and got them. And uh, so that was Saturday morning's hunt. And uh, that spot is normally not as good in the evening. Um... But uh, anyway, so we kind of you know made a game plan. Uh, I had a different spot, uh, a feeder that a big, nice nine point had been coming to in the evenings. Um, but the last couple nights he'd just come at night. But again, we kind of had this cold front working with us. The wind had died down, and so Randy decided to go hunt that stand and try to get that nine point. Uh, he ended up seeing uh, a smaller buck and two does, I think. Uh, I went back to my big plot that evening. And uh, sat because it had been a better evening spot compared to where they hunted that morning. And so not much happened Saturday evening. Uh, and then Randy was actually supposed to go home Saturday evening. He has a, a two-month-old baby at home, and he's been traveling a lot for work and stuff. And so he was actually planning to go home, but just after what he saw Saturday morning, he and uh, you know the, looking at the weather that night, it's supposed to be nice and cold again. I think it was even going to be a little bit colder uh, that night. He basically called his wife and was like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to stay and hunt, I'll come home and deal with the consequences after. So so anyway, so he decided to stay, and so I had actually been thinking about hunting that stand, the stand that he was in on Saturday, uh, but I wasn't going to you know, be like, hey, well, it's my place, I'm taking the better spot, and uh, and you know, he, he came up, he lets me hunt his place, uh, he doesn't really restrict what I shoot at his place, and so I was more than happy to give him that spot. And, uh, and we had seen a, there had been a really big 10 point, uh, 10 point that I was after all last year, never really had an encounter with. Um, he was always kind of more on the neighbors. He just come to our side every now and again, but I'd been getting a bunch of pictures of him again at night, but he'd been on a scrape to the North of us. He'd been at a feeder close to where I was hunting. Um, I think it was the night before he showed up at that feeder three different times in the same night. So like, that's part of the reason we kept hunting back there and why I kept sitting there because we knew that big buck was back there moving around and it obviously on his feet. And so even though we were getting pictures at night, it didn't discourage us because he was obviously, you know, up and about. And then Saturday night, I also got a picture of, uh, this big bodied eight point. Uh, I'd gotten a picture of him a few weeks before. Uh, but this was only the second time I had his picture, but he was there and I just called him fatty. I mean, this buck's body was just massive. And so we decided to go back to our two spots in the back again. I was like, Hey, you know, you never know when that big 10 points going to show up, but also this other big fat eight point has shown up. So we went into Sunday morning with pretty high hopes. And so we get in the stand, you know, he's in his, I'm in mine. And, um, right off the bat, I see a coyote. Um, I, two does came out again. Or no, no, they came on. To, no, I take that back. I didn't see a single deer Sunday morning. Yep. I saw a coyote. He ran off one way, and then I saw a coyote come from the other direction. And I actually almost took a shot at him with my bow. He came to like 37 yards. 
but I had my video camera and I was trying to kind of film and shoot at the same time and basically he ran off and I didn't get a shot. So I wasn't seeing anything. And uh, I text Randy. He said he had a couple does out. And uh, so I'm just sitting there being patient and my phone buzzes and and I look and uh, I got a text from him and all it says is big eight, 240 yards. And so I didn't text him back. You know, I didn't want to make any noise or anything, but I, I kind of had a feeling that like Randy was going to find a way to get this done. And so, he, you know, we had these nice muzzle loaders. They're supposed to be able to shoot really far. Randy's a fantastic shot. And so I'm just kind of sitting there waiting. And sure enough, about 10 minutes later, I hear boom, pop. And uh, it was crazy. I was probably, probably 500 yards from him. And I heard the shot, and I heard it hit the deer. I could hear it hit the deer from that distance. And it was kind of funny because like, there was a huge pause in between. I guess the sound of the uh, gun just travels that much faster or something. But, it, I mean, it sounded like a huge delay between the two. But I was pretty darn confident that I heard a smack. And so, uh, so I, you know, I'm just being patient, waiting. Sure enough, he texts, you know, buck down. And so, sweet. So he lets me, he's like, hey, you know, he's down. Don't worry about it. You know, he was nice to me. He's like, if you want to keep hunting for a little bit, keep sitting. So so I sat another like 30 minutes or something, still never saw a single deer and couldn't help myself. I was like, man, I want to go see this thing. So walk over there and uh, he was already standing at the buck by the time I got over there. He ended up making about a 160-yard shot. And um, he said basically he was sitting there. There was two does in the plot. Another doe came over the hill, and then this buck was just right on her tail. He said he wasn't really running her. He was just following her. You know, He was just basically hoping and praying. And uh, the doe came all the way down to the plot, but he didn't. Uh, I guess he was just sitting back hoping to smell them. He was kind of up on the hill. The plot's kind of down in a low spot. And he said he was just sitting there up on the hill. He was, you, know, you could see him putting his nose in the air, sniffing, smelling. And, uh, and the buck actually started to move away. He actually left the does and turned to walk away. And Reddy said he, said he was kind of holding out. He was hoping that Big Ten was going to be behind him or, you know, come in to, to run him off or something. Uh, but when that buck started turned to walk away, he just saw the body. And, again, this buck is just massive body. And uh, so he made a nice 160-yard shot. The buck ran a little bit, I mean, maybe 20 yards, something, died right underneath this nice little oak tree, tiny, you know, baby oak tree, but, it, you know, made a good marker for him. So he was able to walk right over there. Uh, man, we were super happy with the guns. Um, like I said, you know, he did run a little bit, but not bad. The shot was a little high. He didn't get heart. Uh, I think he, uh, honestly, I think he, I think the muzzleloader got into his head and he tried to compensate a little too much, you know, like I think he thought he needed to aim a little higher than he did and so he took out both lungs but he was you know kind of higher on the lungs and so i think that's why the deer didn't just completely fall over dead right in his tracks but so that was awesome and so uh <laughs> i think i mentioned a week or two ago i bought a new a new used four-wheeler it's a 2008 king quad uh kawasaki 750 though you know it's pretty big and so we uh drove down the hill and kind of took a bunch of our stuff to the truck we picked up kelly three of us rode up up the hill to the buck and uh you know we put some straps on it and kind of drug it over to a, a clear spot in the grass took some pictures and then we loaded it onto the back of the four-wheeler and we <laughs> i wish i had a picture of this but we had three grown men and a buck on this four-wheeler not a side-by-side -side, not like a big ranger or anything i'm talking old school four-wheeler 
And the three of us and the buck rode down the hill to the truck, got them loaded up, taken care of. So just an awesome weekend, awesome trip. I was super excited for Randy. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's cool. You know, he doesn't uh, get to come up and hunt my place as much as I get to go hunt his. And so it, was, it felt good to pay him back because I've taken at least one buck on his place. And he's never killed one up here with me in Oklahoma. So, so yeah, so that was just awesome. Great time. Great hanging out with friends. And it was just awesome having like a whole full weekend to do nothing but deer hunt finally. Even though the wind kind of, you know, had the deer down, I think, a little bit. Uh, it was just awesome to have basically almost four days to do nothing but deer hunt because, as you guys know, I've not got to do a ton of hunting so far this year. So, so it was just awesome to get out there. It was really cool having my buddies there, and it was even more cool, you know, watching my buddy have some success. So, so that was our weekend. Um, big eight point. I guess I never talked about the buck. Huge bodied, but also a nice rack. Um, we haven't got him scored yet, but. I'm going to guess he's somewhere in the 130 range. Uh, just a nice big, he was wide, t- nice tines and everything. Pretty short brow tines, but his, his other tines were really nice. Uh, so I'm excited to, to, to see what he does. And I also asked uh, Randy if he would get him aged, if he you know could have the processor pull a tooth or age him, because I'm, I'm dying to know what this buck aged. He has to be super old. So, so yeah, stay posted on that. I'm going to you know obviously update you guys as soon as I can on that. But that was the weekend, guys. Not a lot of deer activity for me, honestly. I think I saw six deer all weekend. Um, And so I'm definitely going to have to kind of change my strategy uh, hunting back there. Because that food plot I was hunting over, that's always been the golden ticket. I had so much action there last year. But for whatever reason, it just seems like they've shifted a little bit. Maybe it's because there's not as much cover, you know, on the backside because of that neighbor. Um, I did do some habitat work, a little bit of habitat work this summer, you know, kind of down in the draw. And so maybe I'm holding more deer than I think I am, which is obviously a good thing. Um, I also learned a ton this weekend about how deer use our, this property, because I think I've mentioned, you know, we bought this property a couple years ago, but last year was the first year I really hunted it hard. Um, I hunted it some the year before. Um, but just, I never had everything like super set up and, and, you know, I was still kind of learning it last year was the first year I really hunted it hard, but I still was like not running that many cameras. Uh, but because we have our other property for sale, I didn't put hardly any cameras. So I had a bunch of extras and then also a big part of it, those cutty links guys, the ones that I've been talking about, um, <coughs> I've bought several of them now. I think I'm I'm up to four. I think uh, I've gotten all of them on sale at Academy. I think I've paid forty bucks for them. Uh, and basically, you know, if you don't know what they are, they you plug them into a normal trail camera, and it turns that camera into a cell camera. And so I already had a few cell cameras, and then I added those, and then I have a few more, you know, regular cameras on scrapes, and uh, I hung a few rope scrapes and stuff. And so basically, I mean, I just have like three times as many cameras as I've ever run. And I have learned so much. That big 10 that I'm talking about, guys, man, in in a two-day period, I had them on three different cameras. And two of them are 1.1 miles apart. And so he he was at the, the back camera uh, one night, skipped a night, and then was there three times in the same night, skipped a night. And then he was at that other camera 1.1 miles away. And uh, so, I mean, he's obviously moving a ton. Uh, I checked a camera on a scrape kind of in between there. Sure enough, he was on that scrape somewhere in there. 
And so, I mean, this buck is moving a ton, and he's a giant, a really, I wouldn't say a giant, but I mean, he is a really, really nice, typical 10-point. Uh, and so he's going all over the place, um, and I'm pretty sure he stayed on us most of the way. He, basically, there's two routes he could have taken. He could have gone up our property and then over, or he could have gone across two property owners and then gone up. Um, so, yeah, so that was cool to watch him. Um, you know, that big eight, he was on the south side of the property when I got his photo that night, but he came in from the north side of Randy, probably a third of a mile from where I'd gotten his picture that night. Um, and man, and just having Randy sit in that stand and, you know, have him tell me where does are coming from, where bucks are coming from, where the mature buck came from. I'm just learning so much more this year. And so if I, man, if I had a piece of advice through this story to tell you guys, Man, get some cameras, get them out there, and uh, but you know, obviously, be careful checking them. You don't want to be checking them, you know, every day. Obviously, just let them soak, or get the cell links or some kind of cell camera, and just sit back and observe. Uh, you know, last year I learned a lot about this property, and then I've kind of taken that and you know applied that to this year, and I'm just learning so much more now, and you know, I'm honing in, and that's why I was so successful on the on our last property that's for sale or selling now. Uh, because I just hunted it so much and for so long. I just knew where the deer wanted to be. And I feel like I'm getting there now on this new property. So it's extremely exciting. And so I think it's going to be a great rest of the deer season. Um, I, you know, I'm not panicked yet by any means. Uh, still got some nice bucks out there on camera. And I feel like I'm learning how they use the property. And so very, very excited for the rest of the season there. So now I'm going to transition a little bit. I hope you guys enjoyed that story. Um, I'm going to talk about the rest of November and kind of my plan for it and where I'll be and all that good stuff. So this coming weekend, switching things up a little bit, taking Randy up on uh, his side of the deal, and I am headed to Texas for the Texas Rifle Opener. Uh, I love going down there. It's kind of like a, a little mid-season break um, for me. Uh, you know, Basically, it's like your stereotypical Texas hunt. Um, you know, He's got blinds, he's got feeders, uh, rifle hunt. Uh, you know, it's kind of much more relaxed, let the deer come to you type hunting. Um, I am changing it up a little bit this year though. Uh, so Randy actually will not be there. Uh, he's headed south of the other border, the real border. He's going to Mexico for a, a deer hunt down there. Um, and so I asked him, you know, would, would he rather me wait? Um, you know, wait till he got to go with me. Um, you know, not basically I felt bad kind of going there and hunting opening weekend without him, but he actually kind of had the opposite approach. He he would rather me go ahead. Uh, that way I can kind of keep an eye on things, uh, you know, make sure nobody's out there that's not supposed to be out there. Um, you know, kind of give him a heads up, you know, what movement's like and all that stuff. So so I'm still going to go out there, even though he's not going to be able to make it. I think there might be one other guy headed out there also. But uh, for the most part, like, basically kind of got the, the place to myself to do whatever I want. Uh, I think he has five blinds and feeders set up that I can choose from. And I think what my plan is, you know, normally we, you know, hunt in the morning and then we'll, uh, you know, work on little projects he has, um, do stuff. And then a lot of times after the evening hunt, uh, he has a, a buddy close by that runs a big ranch out there and we'll go, you know, hunt hogs at night with the thermal and everything. But since Randy's not coming, I think uh, I'm going to take my bow also. And so I think my plan is to, you know, hunt the feeder in the morning and then I'm going to take off on foot and try to do some rattling and stuff and you know i've never rattled in and killed a buck 
Um, and so I think this would be a cool opportunity. Like I said, not really anybody else out there. And so I don't, I don't I'm not going to be able to screw anything up for anybody else. Uh, I'm not going to do it close to any of his blinds and stuff because I don't want to, you know, spread my scent and screw stuff up like that. So yeah, probably hunt feeders in the morning and then get the rattling antlers out and try to rattle in some bucks during the middle of the day and then probably go back to, you know, the blinds in the evening. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's a very target rich environment, just a lot of deer out there in general. Um, and they just seem to, to rattle way better out there than they do, you know, in southeastern Oklahoma. So pretty excited for that. Just to, you know, just to do something different and, uh, and yeah, he's got a lot of good deer out there. So, so that's my plan, uh, next weekend or well, the weekend after you, uh, are listening to this, that's the, what is that weekend? The eighth, that's the weekend of the eighth. Um, after that probably be back in Oklahoma, uh, should still be, you know, plenty of rutting activity going on. So that would be the weekend of the 13th and 14th. Um, and that's going to be, you know, a pretty hardcore rut hunt, um, Probably still try to maybe do some rattling, uh, gonna set up in some pinch point type areas again. Like I've been learning where some of those are, uh, kind of had an idea, but that's really been confirmed, uh, here as of late. Um, might try to do some, uh, some decoying. I don't know. It's almost, I feel like that's almost getting a little late, uh, for decoy, but maybe not. So that'd be the weekend of the 13th and 14th. And then that following weekend is the opener of Oklahoma rifle. Um, and so usually my strategy there that first weekend is to not be super aggressive, but just get back over a good food source or something and kind of take advantage of the rifle. I am a little tempted. Uh, this is normally not my strategy for that weekend, but as I've been mentioning on, on this property, on our property, it seems like the rut is a little earlier than on the property I've been hunting in the past. And so I'm a little tempted to get a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, I've, I keep mentioning this draw that, you know, we have where a lot of bucks tend to bed or just deer in general. And I usually just stay completely out of it. Um, but you know, I mentioned I did a little bit of habitat work and kind of cut in a bedding area down in the bottom. And while I was doing that, I kind of cut in a, an area on one of the, uh, ledges where I could sit and overlook all that. And so I'm tempted to, you know, depending on what the weather does and what the wind does, I'm tempted to get down and be a little bit more aggressive and get down in that draw and hunt basically directly over that bedding area and see if I can, you know, kill a buck coming in and out, looking for does, checking for does. That should be still, you know, some pretty hardcore rutting activity. Um, you know, maybe it's starting to wind down a little bit, but I feel like that kind of tail end of the rut i feel like that's when a lot of the big deer get killed because they're they're getting a little bit more aggressive they realize time is running out and uh and all the easy does have been taken you know um they're having to search a lot harder it's not like you just see a doe and she's probably in heat they're kind of winding down and so i'm thinking about getting a little bit more aggressive um and then that following weekend the weekend after thanksgiving uh i think my plan is to take my great uncle hunting um, he, he's the closest thing I had to a hunting mentor growing up. Um, you know, he would let me hunt his stands. He would kind of point me in the right direction. Uh, we never really hunted together much, but he was always there and, um, uh, and just there to give me advice. Um, one of the biggest deer I've ever killed, I killed out of his stands because he let me hunt there. He told me to go hunt there. Um, and so I, I've been waiting just kind of basically to get to pay him back. Um, 
And so I, I had lost his contact information, um, but I, I got it back. I, and I've been talking to him recently. And so I've, I've already sent the invitation. You know, I told him sometime during rifle season, I'm going to have him out. And so I'm absolutely love to, to get him out there and, and experience that, you know, he's getting up, up there in age. And so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have that experience with him. So that's kind of my plan for the rest of the season. After that, you know, after rifle's over, then you're kind of getting into that hardcore late season stuff, which I absolutely love. Uh, I am a little concerned, not concerned, but it's going to be a little different this year. Uh, I think I might have mentioned earlier the the property that I've been talking about that's for sale. It has sold or we're under contract and so we're probably going to be closing on it somewhere around the end of the year and so my typical like go-to like i it's almost guaranteed i can find a buck to kill you know late in the year that cushion is going to be taken away this year um because i think that property will be gone by then and so you know hopefully i can get something done here quickly but if not um, I'm going to be really testing myself, uh, because I don't have that crutch to fall back on. You know, I think I've said on here last year, last year I killed two bucks, but I killed one of them January 1st and one of them January 8th. And so, uh, the January 1st was on that property. The January 8th one was on the new property that I'm transitioning to. So definitely it's still possible, but, uh, it's going to be much more difficult. Like I said, I just don't have that history. I don't have that kind of base that foundation to go off of and so i'm still learning but but i'm excited for it i'm excited for the challenge you know i don't want hunting to be a cakewalk like that's part of the the fun to me is figuring it out and so so yeah pretty excited about that um and yeah like i said guys i'm going to keep you guys up to date as i'm going through this it's that time to start maybe being a little bit more aggressive you know um you know get your calls out get your rattling antlers out and like I said last week, the most important thing you can do right now is just spend time in the woods. You know, watch your wind, um, but but just get out there. And, you know, if you are going to take a risk, about this time, when this drops, about that time is the time to take those risks. You know, maybe maybe push in a little further than you normally would. Maybe push that wind a little bit harder than you would because uh, – Pretty soon it's going to be gone before you know it, guys. I mean, you know, the rut is only so long. November is only so long. And so take advantage of it. Don't be stupid. You know, be smart. Look at your maps. Look at your weather. Look at your wind. Um, but when it's right, guys, get in there and go for it. That's that's the key thing. Just When all those stars align, you got to take your shot. Now is that time to take your shot. And with that, probably just going to go ahead and shut her down here. I feel like that's a good natural uh, stopping spot. I hope you all enjoyed this one. I hope you all enjoyed my story. Uh, I enjoyed telling it. And, you know, it's fun now that hunting season is actually going and that I actually get to hunt. You know, bringing you guys along, telling you all what's happening, giving you my two cents. And so, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. A little bit of a short one, but that's okay. I hope you guys are, you know, getting out there, spending some time in the woods. Uh, I'm getting pretty excited to do some duck hunting um, I haven't even looked up. I'm not exactly even sure when duck season opens. It might be open right now. Uh, but, um, you know, this cold weather, I've been seeing a few ducks come down. And so really excited to do some duck hunting. I actually ran into my old duck hunting buddy the other night. And so uh, we're planning a few trips later in, later on in the year. So getting excited for that. But right now I'm still kind of focused on the whitetails. And I'm assuming you guys are too. So, yeah, uh, have a good week. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Get out there. Spend some time in the outdoors. And until next week, I will see you guys later. Thank you.